Welcome to Grace Notes. We hope you've been enjoying our series entitled, Why Trials? Barbara Sandbeck has been talking about how trials build in us the character traits listed in 1 Peter 1, 5-7. We found that faith, coupled with virtue, knowledge, and self-control, create in us a deeper love for God and others. Today, Barbara will explain the attribute of patience in a little different light and share another one of her experiences. I like these sayings I found about patience. Patience is the quality you admire in the driver behind you and scorn in the one ahead of you. (laughs) How true. Patience is the ability to keep your motor idling when you feel like stripping your gears. (laughs) Patience is also the trait we try not to pray for because it comes through experiencing trials James 1, 3 through 4 says that the trying of your faith works patience, and that once it's worked into us, we're complete. Romans 5, 3 through 4 also says, We glory, or rejoice, in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation works patience, and patience experience, or character, and character hope. I can't say I always rejoice, but God is sure teaching me. I was in a line the other day waiting for my fast food, and a lady came up behind me. I told her that she may not want to be there because I always get in the wrong line. She thanked me for being so considerate and moved to a much faster line. Wrong lines continue to teach me patience. I wonder when I'll graduate. I think there's more to patience, though, than being able to quietly wait in line or deal with annoying people. Just because we can't keep quiet doesn't mean we're at peace with the situation. We can complain in our spirit without complaining audibly, and it will still show. The word patience is rendered cheerful endurance. It's also translated perseverance or being persistent in the execution of a purpose. As believers, our responsibility is to make every effort to allow these traits to become a part of our personality. That's the purpose we're to persevere for. When we believe it's for our ultimate good, It should be easier to cheerfully endure. The word patient is also described as uncomplaining. I thought that was interesting. Philippians 2, 4 through 16a says, Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault, in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. If all you ever do is complain, don't bother trying to shine your light for God. No one will see it for your attitude. Philippians 4.4 says, Rejoice in the Lord, always, and again I say, rejoice. We're to rejoice or display joy in the Lord, not necessarily in the situation. And we're to rejoice not just when things are good, but always. God must have thought it was important to have repeated it. Why is adherence to this command so vital? Because the joy of the Lord is our strength and our greatest testimony. We complain because we have to put up with things we think we shouldn't have to or because we don't have things we think we should have. It all boils down to discontentment. Now most of us have given ourselves a pity party at some time or other and have invited many guests to attend. I know I have. It can become a real habit before you even know it. There was a time when I got caught up in my little party, but God showed me the error of my way. 
I'll tell you first about the trial God put me through to do it, and then I'll share a poem I wrote. God gives us talents as He sees fit. It's up to us to work them, but also to be satisfied with what He's chosen to give us, our portion. There was a time when I started complaining that I didn't think my voice was good enough for God to use, even though I'd been singing for years. There were so many young singers out there who could do it much better than I ever could. About that time, I contracted a cold, which settled in my ears. I did the no-no thing to relieve the pressure and poked a Q-tip in my ear. I immediately lost my hearing. I thought it was temporary, but it went on for days. I began to consider the devastating effect this would have on my singing. One night, as was the custom, our family gathered for devotions and prayer. The devotional um, happened to be on being thankful. How timely. When it was my turn to pray, I began by saying, Lord, help us to be more grateful. Uh, then I stopped and started to cry a bit and began again with, No, Father, help me to be more grateful. Use me however you want and just help me to trust in your strength, not my own. God did eventually give me back my hearing, along with a grateful heart. Here's the poem I wrote for myself. And I always say, if the shoe fits, wear it. Your neighbor's got a brand new boat, a Cadillac, and a real mink coat. They've booked themselves on their annual cruise and expect your delight when they share the news. Their kids wear clothes with the label guess, and your kids in comparison are quite a mess. Even their animals seem to obey while yours are constantly running away. Your office partner just got a raise. You do all the work and he gets the praise. They've laid the red carpet to light his way while you're wondering if they'll let you stay. Poor me, you say, I've got it bad. Poor me, you say, I'm really sad. Why, you're poor all right, for you aren't seeing. The treasures God has surely given. Start looking at what's within your store. Be content with your gifts. Stop wanting more. Don't know what you've got till you've got it not, so start counting your blessings today. Enjoy all the things your Father brings before they are taken away. He had family, friends, and money, loved the Lord with all his heart. So the devil went to God and said, Oh, Job would fall apart if you should take away his fortune. Let me put him to the test. And soon poor Job had lost his health and wealth and all the rest. And as his troubles added up, he fell down on his knees and said, Lord, I still got one thing, and that's your love for me. You've got to count your blessings. You find one if you try. Remember 
Hebrews 13, 5 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. What more could we want than the presence of our faithful Redeemer in our lives, and his precious promises to hold on to? As I look back on this road I've traveled, I've seen so many times you've carried me through. And if there's one thing that I've learned in my life, my Redeemer is faithful. Thank you for joining our program today. If you've been blessed, what a great encouragement it would be to hear from you. Please write us at Sandbeck Ministries, P.O. Box 581, Falston, Maryland, 
21047 or email us through our website at sandbeckministries.com. If God leads you, please send along a gift to help us stay on this station. Remember, don't miss our next program. It's sure to be a blessing.